Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the CNC Replay. I am Corey. I'm Noel, and that was extremely loud. <laughs> you, like, yelled into the microphone. That was for Ben, uh, specifically, because he said I was too loud last week. Um, yeah. But yes, he did. He was correct, because you were screaming. He was correct. And my microphone's further away, so I, mm-hmm. I, I made sure. But And this is why I don't do intro. I was like, you know what, Noel? I'm going to do the intro, too. No, you did a great job. You just Thank yelled you. into your microphone. Now I'm never going to do it ever again. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Dang it. I'm just kidding. Um, but, wow. What a what a time. Um, we've had a week. Sports we've had have had a, a week. We've, I mean, we've actually had a very, uh, I, I guess, a roller coaster of emotions yeah. starting with uh i guess first and foremost uh and since we are a detroit area uh, sports podcast we should mention uh the just horrible unspeakable um and just tragedy that happened at oxford high school um with the lives lost in in the just the downright senseless uh school shooting it, it, there's it stinks to start with this, but like it's uh, there's a loss for words of, of how you describe your emotions uh, or or explain something like this. And you know, technically speaking, Noel and I are probably some of the furthest people away from a tragedy like this. I mean, you're on the west side of the state; I'm mm-hmm. out of the state. Um, but yeah, this is something that hit the entire community of Michigan uh, pretty hard. Um, yeah. So. Um, for those who are close uh, to the situation, absolutely want to say our hearts go out to, to them, um, not just uh, the sports people or, or the Tates, um, but everybody who was just affected with something like this because uh, it's, you know, horrible, unspeakable, and mm-hmm. uh, we want to support in any way that we can. Um, but the cool thing is uh, the major Detroit sports and then also the collegiate Detroit sports really supported uh the Oxford community uh, with some of their touching tributes. Um, so as horrible as that was, seems like the community was rallying together. Um, I don't know if you have, you know, some other thoughts you would like to say. I know I, we didn't talk about this before the pod. I just, I just That's figured okay. as we were going, um, it's probably something we should mention. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it's a hard thing to even talk about. Um, I work in education and I have, you know, two of my best friends are teachers and so just to hear even them talk about what it was like going into school the next day was something that hit me really close to home um i work with high school students like that's my job and so uh to have something like this happen in michigan it's different i don't know why it being in the state is so much more impactful but it is Mm -hmm. um and so, like, it's just, it's an unspeakable tragedy, and we want to, yeah, like like you said, just reiterate that um, thoughts and prayers um, are going to the families, to the community, that we are doing this in, in a way that uh, we just want to say that we are supporting you and um, that we yeah. love you and that, uh, you know wish it didn't happen I, yeah. you know like you just i just can't articulate like it's how <laughs> words and uh so yeah it, it, it it's hard it's hard and then especially again with us not being super close to the situation it's even harder for people who mm-hmm. who are so close uh to home um but 
if you can take a bright side of any of this, uh, the entire community was the support. I think was there. It was seen. Yeah, it was felt. Absolutely. Um, not just from uh, the four majors, but then also uh, with uh, University of Michigan playing in the Big Ten championship. There was there was a couple of touching moments there. Uh, even before the game, uh, they had the patches and and whatnot. Um, but so bottom line support the oxford community um mm -hmm. horrible things that happen but um together we can move forward um and uh, expect a better tomorrow along those lines so um that being said there are some things to cheer for mm -hmm. um well, first and foremost big 10 champions okay do you want a minute would you like a minute should i give you a minute i i Honestly, I don't even think I need a minute. Uh, okay. These these past two weeks for for Michigan football, not just the entire state of Michigan of football, uh, have been unlike anything I've ever seen. I've I've waited literally fifteen years to see Michigan football compete at the level that they're competing at right now, um, and I got to witness the biggest moments of this season. Um, Got, they beat Ohio State when no one thought they were going to beat Ohio State, and then they go on and win their first uh, Big Ten championship uh, in their first appearance in uh, in this East versus West setup. And I can tell you, downtown Indianapolis was absolutely electric. It was full of Wolverines. Uh, all of the merch inside Lucas Oil Stadium was sold out before kickoff for, for the Maize and Blue. Absolutely whirlwind of of a week and i got to see there i got to sit there see everything happen and and the monkey was taken off of the backs of every person uh, who roots for the maize and blue it's just it's just great is is blissful um icing on the cake <laughs> <laughs> our beloved detroit lions <laughs> they did it <laughs> they, they, they did the impossible Despite themselves, <laughs> dis despite dis everything that happened in that game, oh they my. they did it. We are gonna go one oh. fifteen and one. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I I I just as speechless as I was for the Wolverines, I was even more speechless for the Lions game. Uh, just the result. Um, I, I I missed the I missed the first half, um, but I was I was keeping up to not I didn't miss the first half I just wa wasn't watching it too closely. Um, first half Lions was probably the best first half of the season, uh, and I think many people were talking about that and were in agreement of that. And especially being shorthanded um, without DeAndre Swift, they were able to mm -hmm. still establish a run. And personally, and I cannot believe I am saying this, Goff had a little bit of zip on his passes this week. Um, and it's, you, you hate to be like, uh, his passes just looked better, but I, I distinctly remember me sitting in my, in my seat and I was like, Goff's passes look better. Like they're, yeah, but they... here's the thing with a football, because it's not shaped like a ball. If you throw it wrong, it's hard to catch. Sure. That's <laughs> so I, I... if it looks bad, meaning it's wobbly, you ain't going to catch that well. No, I, I, I agree a hundred percent, but that's not the case this week, at least with no. what Goff was doing. I mean, it, it looked nice. And f for the first time in, in weeks, it seemed like Hawkinson showed up a little bit. He did have a drop mm -hmm. in the first half, which 
a, was kind of a big play. Um, they were driving a little bit, wasn't weren't getting too much out of the run at that time, and he dropped a pass that would have essentially been 20 to 25 yards if he caught it. Um, he just he sensed the open field and it just got too much for him. And I was like, see, this is this is the type of a play that the Lions always do that eventually will lead to the loss of of every game for them. Mm-hmm. You can you can kind of pinpoint these things when they happen with the Lions. Um, but naturally, and even all three of us were sitting on our couches and saying, this game is far from over once it was into the second half. They kicked a field goal early on, and then they couldn't keep Minnesota out of the end zone. Uh, and uh, we're like, you know, make your bets now because the Vikings are going to come back and they're going to win this game. I think they were down yeah. by... 13 when we were saying that or maybe a little bit maybe a little bit less a little bit more i'm not quite sure exactly what the score was but chris was saying that yep i made a bet for the vikings to win and the lions to cover um and i'm very confident in this bet and i'm like listen dog i i would agree with you 150 percent um and it looked like that was going to happen uh we the thing that we have to talk about is the fourth and one on their own 35. Yeah. They, the Lions still had the lead at that point. They had a three-point lead. Um, and could not establish the run on the drive. Got to fourth and one, and it's like, in Madden, you would think, oh, we're just going to go for it. But that's <laughs> Madden. That's a video game. Uh-huh. And then we see Dan Campbell go out there with the offense and Jerry Goff, and it's like, oh my gosh, they're going for it on their own 35. Mm-hmm. It's not... Looking back on it now, and I don't want to... I'm not... I, I do not want to justify the play call or even the decision, because frankly, I, I was sitting there... I was with my, my buddy who drove in for the, the Michigan game on the weekend, and then Luke who just got back from Hawaii. We were laughing. At how... As you should have been. At, at my father texted us and he said, ineptitude on steroids. Like, this call does not happen in the NFL. And maybe looking at it, it's like, well, if the Lions lose it and the Vikings go down the field, uh, they'll have a minute and whatever to do something with the ball. That's fine. But that is prime... F- you are essentially giving them a touchdown if you, if you, if you don't make it. So... That was mistake number one. Mistake number two, that might have been, not only was like the, the decision to go for it on fourth and one, an abysmal call. The play call was by far the worst play call you could potentially, you could ever make for that. A, a play action rollout on fourth and one? What? Who are you fooling? You need one yard. Jared Goff is six foot seven. Just, just, have just the, fall. Have a linebacker over. just pick him up and throw him. On a, put put Penny Sewell in the in the backfield and just like like chuck him over the first down marker. <laughs> I mean, because if you yeah. get a couple first downs in the drive, the game is over. You kick another field goal, you're up by seven. The worst thing that could happen is they tie. Uh, but I, I I was like, I cannot believe that. And if the Lions lost that game, outside of that play call, I would have said fire Campbell because that is that is that we were talking on Thanksgiving how it was the worst 
coaching in the final four minutes of any game, that yeah. would have been the worst play That would have taken call. the cake. That would have taken the cake. I, that's, Immediately. That is, that is a fireable offense. I don't care... I don't care if it's his first day on the job. That is a fireable offense in the NFL. I actually think you texted us that before the game was over. Like, you... I don't remember what the clock was was saying. I'm sure it was something like four minutes left or whatever. Yeah. And that play had just ended, and you're like, nah, fire him. I I mean, would you? Yeah. I mean, that's that's embarrassing. Everybody knew that, like, what are they doing? And I saw a tweet. It's like, well... The decision to go for it actually wasn't bad, and I'm like, I don't care. The play call was was what pushed it over the edge of stupidity. It was already over. It was already on the ledge of stupidity. The the play mm-hmm. call f- fired it out of a cannon over the edge of stupidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so lucky for Dan Campbell, the Lions somehow pulled something out of their rear end and they went down the field, which was quite frankly pretty impressive. Uh, yes. I was impressed by just the drive on in those in that last minute and a half. Yeah. They just kept going and I was like, who are these guys? They did just about every play right. They they uh shot for the sidelines, mm-hmm. outs, and then the receivers, everybody who caught the passes knew what to do. If they caught in the middle of the field, they got down immediately so they could come up and spike or do whatever. Um and then they did get some help on the final uh, play call of the game, which the Lions have to score. There's four seconds left, and we were talking about this um, last week as well. The Bears have to get four yards to burn out the clock, kick the field goal, and the game's over. Um, and the Lions had to score to win the game. Why mm-hmm. are you so back into the end zone and letting receivers in front of you um, in the end zone for an open pass? Um, so Amon Ron, Amon Ross, St. Brown played hero. Jared Goff played hero, made a really great throw to end the game. And mm-hmm. our misery as Detroit Lions fans is over. Mm. It's not over, but it, it's, it's lessened slightly. It's, it's lessened slightly. Um, and I, I mean, I was beside myself. I'm like, I, people. Were... Yeah. One thing we learned, um, after that game is that Corey doesn't know how to spray champagne. I'm not, I haven't won. <laughs> A whole lot of stuff. So, like, I, it's like, what, what do you expect? I, I, uh, it, for you to know how it works. I it's just, I well, I was like, I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. The lines just one. Uh, I have this. Blah 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 blah. Uh, so, <laughs> he sends us a video of him running outside on his his deck in the rain. It's and he's in his socks. So that was funny. Um, but he's got this champagne bottle. He's trying to open. And he gets it open and, like, nothing happens because he didn't do anything to make anything happen with the bottle. Champagne bottles just don't explode off the top every time you open them, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and so he stood there, like, shaking it. Not shaking it, like, to make it spray like you think it would shake. He just made, like, this little hose come out the end. It was funny. I enjoyed it. Made me laugh. Well, it's it, it, was, it was a testament of the team that I root for. They don't know... <laughs> They don't know how to win, so therefore they don't know how to celebrate properly. So next time, I will, I will, I will plan accordingly. Um, Thank you. And it, it yeah, it's. It, I was just, I, I just didn't really know what to do. I, I, I did, the, it ended so suddenly. I was like, oh, we get to do this now. <laughs> like, ah, uh, uh, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with anything. And then um, who was the guy who? Because there was the guy filming you, and then the guy in the house. Who was that? That's Kurt, my buddy Kurt. 
Kurt was like, don't pour it in my mouth. I'm going to take it out of the bottle. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Which yeah. got me. <laughs> no, that's... But, like... So, as... As as much fun as that was, and then Campbell finally getting his first win, Goff getting his first win, the Lions mm-hmm. getting their first win without Stafford as a quarterback since 2011, mm-hmm. um, the, the celebration in the locker room with Sheila and mm-hmm. Ford, uh, all of that, cool to see. Very cool yeah. to see. But because we're the Lions and we can't have nice things, this is a team celebrating their first win in week what? 13 dude i don't even know uh, yeah this th- this unfortunately right now is is our peak we celebrate for winning games not divisions not championships for games which you have to start somewhere i understand mm-hmm. and you have to build the foundation of a championship team somewhere um and we can feel good that we're that we're off the schneid and uh, it's going to make a really good chapter in a docu-series someday. Correct. That's what it's going to be. That's that's what I'm holding on to. Sure. But still, this franchise has to strive for something better than just, we want a game! You know, and, yeah. and going bananas. So so in the midst of our happiness... Yeah, to bring to, us down. We, we have, appreciate that. Uh, we have to. We have to, because... it. it Outside of Detroit, it it like everyone's so happy for us. Blah, 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 but that's because they feel sorry for us, you know. We feel sorry for we us. We feel sorry for us. And like, let's you know, I'm not taking away because it was fun. It was exciting. Literally, it was national news. Like they, all the NFL like like talk show people were talking about how the Lions, Jared Goff, and everybody. Also, uh, up, I'm sure that you saw. Jared Goff's girlfriend, uh, his reaction or her reaction all over social media. I'm sure every gentleman in the country was very happy seeing that reaction. I was like, I have to see this every 10 seconds. I don't really want to because of reasons. Um, so it's just a multitude of things. Let's be happy, but also let's, let's, Let's build off of that so we don't have to just be happy for a win. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do. I yeah. very much do. I get you. So I talked a lot there. What 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 do you have? What do you, what are some of your thoughts? I I think you did a good job. I think you nailed it. I was just watching by myself, and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna lose this. That he's gonna drop this ball. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna make this catch. This throw isn't gonna be in the end zone." Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 then he and then he had it, and I was like, "Hold, wait, hold on." Yeah, the Vikings are still gonna win this, right? Yeah, the Vikings are still gonna win. Like that was my immediate thought. Was like, "Oh, now how are they gonna get this back?" Yeah, <laughs> they have like a bonus uh, field goal or something that they can do and pull out of the hat. No, <laughs> no, there's none of that. And so I just kind of sat there for a hot second, and I was like, "Oh, we just did that." Not we. I had nothing to do with it. Yes, you did. I sit we here and make did. jokes. But, uh, yeah, it was exciting. And then I texted Brecken in all caps, and she goes, the Lions won, question mark? And I went, the Lions won. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Or a few after that. Yeah, it was. there were several. I, I will I will say this, too. Uh, kudos, to, kudos to the players. Um, because as much as, like, ah, we stink, we suck, that's got to be tough hearing that 
all the time. Oh, that would be the worst. I could never be anybody in that sort of position because of all of the things that we, people would say. Right. Well, it, no. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll give credit again to where credit is due. Uh, looking at Jared Goff as well. I mean, this. We've said our opinions on him. I've said my opinions on him. Fact of the matter is, today he is still an NFL quarterback, and he is an NFL quarterback who has a win uh, in the league um, with, or at least with a different team. Uh, I mean, because this is a guy who went to the Super Bowl. He he went to the mountaintop without reaching the peak, um, and yet to see his reaction after all this crap that's happened this season, and then for him to get his first win, and to see that exciting ran mean, straight would, to Campbell. Like right. straight straight into his arms, straight to Dan Campbell. I mean, that's cool to see. Um, yeah, and and I think we should, as much as we would like more and not to have to celebrate over one win, let's be happy for the players because I mean, again, we talk about the humanity every single time on this podcast. This is cool for them because mm-hmm. they've they. It's not like they're. It's not like it's not like they're actively trying to lose, even though the stigma right. is that they're trying yeah. to lose. They're they're trying to win, and for them to finally get one, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But we did it. We did it. They did it. The, the wheel of parody is is now complete once again. <laughs> NFL football. And we start this week. Next week. When does that? I don't know when the next game is. Because okay, and actually. The Lions were not the first team eliminated from playoff contention. How? The, the Texans are. Again, how? I Don't ask me why. Okay. Technically speaking, the Lions could still make the playoffs. Yes, I did send you that long. Somebody figured out the point system. Right. It's crazy. But I still think they haven't been mathematically eliminated and not all of those things happened. I don't know how that exactly works, um, but I was waiting for the ESPN graphic to show up and it mm-hmm. never came um hmm. so the lions are still in the hunt they can still get the seven seed <laughs> your dark horse choice i mean hey it's not over till it's over this is true this is true even though it kind of is all right onward to what are we doing next red wings yeah we're doing the red wings because another bright spot to our to our little little humble corner of of southeast michigan metro detroit area uh the red wings are on a five-game winning streak and also they are on a hot streak hold a playoff spot and mm-hmm. maybe one of the toughest divisions in not in the division but while playing in one of the toughest divisions in hockey yeah. um they're starting to get some national recognition too i think the players realize this um they had a really tough West Coast road trip. Yes. Um, they all know that. We all know that. But then they bounce back at home, get those very important points, um, and they're playing well um, mm-hmm. in the midst of a little bit of a COVID outbreak. Because everybody who's a sicko was rooting for a certain somebody to be on the be on the COVID list for reasons, and that finally happened um, with. Tyler Bertuzzi, and I didn't know this uh, until a couple days ago. He's the only player in the NHL now who's unvaccinated. I did not know yep. that. I thought, I thought there was still somebody else, but um, we won't get into that. That's that's just a fact that he's the only one. Now he's on the COVID I list. will say that I was pleasantly surprised with the amount of, I really hope he gets better and comes back to this team 
things that I've seen on Twitter and other socials and stuff. So, like, that was encouraging. I did see There were a lot more of that than the, ha, serves him right sort of things. There there was a lot more on Reddit hockey about, like, oh, no, if only there was something that could have prevented this. Yeah, well, Reddit is a deep, dark hole. It's a a cesspool, just as much as Twitter is. But uh, thankful that it's not... It's not the backlash that was received at the beginning of the season where it's like, ah, he's a moron. We're going to throw his jersey on the ice and whatever, because mm-hmm. there's still some humanity there. But yes, on the list, whatever, uh, DeKaiser was on the list for a long time, which may have helped the defense. Um, you know, that five-game win streak, who was also not here for mm, those five games? Mm, Interesting. Mm, Interesting. Mm. Why do we give our huh. why do we give our alternate captains uh to players who just when they're on the Corey, ice? Corey, if I had an answer for you. Cuz of, of of all the things that Eiserman has done well, cuz I'm sure he puts he goes into that decision-making process of naming alternate captains. Um we've had Franz at the tail end of his career. Love the love the guy. He's a good guy, but at the mm-hmm. tail end of his contract was just not not good. No. Um, and then also with the Kaiser, who's getting paid, you know, five point five million dollars to be Jonathan Erickson two point mm-hmm. uh, How long was Abdulkader? How long was he an alternate? Um, his first year was the last year at the Joe. So okay. he was an he was an alternate for at least three or four seasons. Yeah, okay. at least three, maybe four. That's what I would say. But could tail be... end of his. Yeah, Taylor as his well. Career. Yikes, yikes, dude. Just not good. Uh, however, team's been playing really well. Secondary scoring has been a bright spot. Adam Ernie is a hockey god. I have to get his jersey like yesterday. He is a hockey enigma. I don't understand him. So first off, the guy doesn't look like he should play hockey. He doesn't really look <laughs> like he should play anything. He, here's the thing. He doesn't look like he exists on this plane of reality. Yes. Does that, I don't know if anybody knows what I'm saying, but like, just go look up a picture of this dude. Because yeah. his face doesn't match other he, human faces, I don't know. That feels really mean. No, I don't. I, he's not. He's not an ugly guy by any means, but he's just. He's just. He. He looks like a guy who who shouldn't necessarily be playing anything. Maybe that's mean too. Yeah, but. there's a. I don't know how to describe it. This is why we need Delaney. Maybe, maybe she maybe, would know how to describe okay, this. Maybe fullback in the NFL. Okay. He's yeah, little, I can see he's that. He's stockier. I mean, like the guy is the guy is stocky. That, yeah. That's what he is. Yes. And, you know, his 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 number describes his body structure. So you know he wears seventy three, but like the guy is everything that you could want in a in a in a bottom six forward. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm serious. I'm no, serious. I know. I mean, like, it's not like he's he's not going to be a game breaker. But he, since he got here, other than that first year where he only scored two goals, which, by the way, I was at that game, and of I course. was at I was at the game against the Blues, in which I said, "Hey, I could use an Adam Ernie goal," and he scored. So maybe I just need to go to games, and Adam Ernie is going <laughs> to score. Um, but he's he has an offensive threat. He's got a motor. He's a bit greasy, you know, he he gets into the the gross areas. He's not um, afraid to murder a man on the ice. Nope, not at all. Um and he's 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 tough as nails, it seems. So like 
those pieces are important. And as much as we were grieving the loss of of Luke Glendening, and we still are because Adam Ernie is not a center and he can't win faceoffs like Luke Glendening, but the other aspects of his game, Adam Ernie might do just as well, or dare I say, even better. Um, Bite your tongue. I, I I say that with you know. Ben's really gonna like the traffic sounds coming in the background of your. <laughs> I that I can't help. So you I, cannot. I, mean, I, I don't. But it's I don't funny. know what to tell you. Um, so love Adam Ernie's game. Uh, Nadelkovic again, s- sensational. Grice had a couple or at least one start in in one of these games, um, and the way that this team has responded to you know lead changes or a little bit of adversity and then also losing guys due to the COVID list uh, has been great. What more to say about Larkin, Raymond, and Cider? Cider, I think, was, was he wasn't, was he like, didn't they do like rookie stars of the week or something like that? I have no idea. I, I saw a couple of graphics, either from the wings of the NHL, um, because he had he had an overtime winner again, right? He's had two overtime winners this year? Mo. Mo. Mo yeah. has two. Yeah. Yeah, he's got two goals and they're both I overtime. I you said Raymond. I'm oh, crazy. Maybe I did. I'm not sure. Yeah. Not, I meant to say Mo. Cider has two overtime goals and those are the only two goals, right? Second, yeah, and the second <laughs> one is quite possibly the prettiest thing you've ever seen. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so it's in the it's in the rock star zone. The rock star zone. Oh man, that's a great account. It's horrible. I cannot. I cannot. Did I oh, he's got three goals. He does have three goals. Yeah, although two of his three are are game winners. Uh, so yes, I'm. I, I don't. Uh, question for the podcast universe is that good i you know i don't know we're 60 66.6 repeating uh of your goals are overtime game winners i don't know i think that might be good mm-hmm. um, as a rookie defenseman as a rookie defenseman uh in which defensemen aren't necessarily supposed to score a ton of goals um but pretty good i think pretty good Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I he is a second bit. in rookie assists. Raymond is first in rookie scoring, per usual. Love to see it. Um, and I talked a, a little bit last week about secondary scoring, that this team is going to do well if they can if they can get goals from their bottom six or guys not named Raymond, uh, Larkin, and Bertuzzi. Um, and they've, they've done that. And, mm-hmm. I, and Definitely they've been have. able to win five straight games because of that. Not you know, 100%, but that plays a big role. Nemesnikov looks really comfortable here. Um, mm-hmm. That one celebration of just repping the jersey. That was the most animated I think I've ever seen him. Um, he likes that celebration. He really likes being here, and it's a little sad because he's one of those guys that is probably more prone to be traded and or somehow given up, which is a bummer because you're like, man, we want guys that want to be here. Yeah. Sure. So, I I would like him to stick around. I mean, I don't know if that's feasible for, like, the cohesion and betterment of this team, but that's where mm-hmm. I'm at right now. I just I like good has, guys winning. I think he has the potential. I think maybe this is a little bit too much. I think if he continues to produce the way that he's – or if he continues to be productive the way that he is, I could see maybe them shipping out a guy like Rasmussen, which is – uh, Rasmussen's size will keep him here for a long time, but oh, it, it seems like there's a lot of discussion of, you know, 
how much are we going to let his production or lack of production mm-hmm. at times, you know, let him be It's here. more lack of production and then turnovers. Yes. And giveaways in important places. Yes. Yeah. He uh, has not had a good couple games. No. No. But he's still very, very young. A lot of these guys are still Yes, he's like very, 22. Very yes. He's, yeah. And you don't want to give up too early on guys like that. But also, yep. there could be some intrinsic, intrinsic value with some of those guys. Um, so, I don't know what you're going to do. Because um, if they keep playing the way that they're playing right now, they could potentially be either stand patters or maybe, you know, find a depth piece to buy um, at the deadline. Um, I don't think they're going to pick apart a whole lot because I still believe they have uh, they have two they have another first round pick this year in addition to theirs right. Ooh, uh, that I'm not sure of. I want to say yes. Yeah, because didn't they get two from uh, Washington in the Mantha deal? Probably. Oh, and then Verana's not even here. We keep forgetting about the guy that's waiting in the wings. Oh <laughs> yeah. So keep playing good hockey. Yeah, what's I just I'm what's the what are the lines gonna look like when he comes back? Well, they would send Valeno down and somebody's gonna be hurt. So like he'll have a spot. Like that that's what happens yeah. all the time. We it seems like every year whenever there's free agent signings, like, where are these guys gonna play? And it's like, Oh yeah, this guy was hurt for eight months. Um, <laughs> so he'll have a spot, he'll be second line. Um I think him and Zadina will be back together because they had is it him? Am I yeah, crazy? I'm, I'm, no, you're 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 right. Um, and Zadina has looked a little bit better as well. He's just he's gotten yeah. He I mean he had a slump after Verona left because they were clicking so well together, and I don't think he's really gotten that back until probably this last week. Yeah, because I like I like how that line plays. They finally they finally have. Uh, Puse, or however you pronounce his name. Puse Suter. They finally have him at center, so Fabry is not at center. Frickin' frick, frick. Hate it when he's at center. Because um, he's not a centerman. Because he's not a centerman. And center. we keep, then they keep trying to make keep, him. Keep putting him there and it pisses me off. But that line looks really good. Um, and uh, that's the line that's probably going to get broken up, which is going to be interesting to see. Um so I would I would guess Fabry would go down, but that also might help a guy like Ernie, um, mm-hmm. maybe even a guy like Rasmussen, because um, it just makes the team better. Yeah. Um, yep. And Fabry will be a very important piece on that line um, if that if it comes to that. Um, so exciting times, a lot of speculation with who's going to fit where, but hey, they're playing good hockey, um, and we can be excited about that because that. Good hockey now. This in this stage of the le- of the rebuild can lead to maybe getting to the playoffs earlier than most people expected. Yeah. Yep. This is true. Uh, to dip down just a little bit, Pistons. I, I I'm mad at the Pistons right now. Oh, explain, please. So, in case you were un- sleeping under a rock for a couple couple days, uh. The Oklahoma City Thunder lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, albeit without their two best players, uh, by 73 points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a real statistic. That is a real statistic. That's the worst loss in NBA history. 
Um, and in a day and in a day and age of of Pistons or NBA basketball, where you like rest starters, stars, or whatever, um, I'm surprised that that doesn't happen. Like these huge blowouts doesn't happen more. Um, but still, fact of the matter is a NBA franchise, which is the best NBA, or which is a part of the best basketball league in the world, lost by 73 points. Mm-hmm. So naturally, yeah. what that team does their next go around is to beat the Pistons because that makes sense. Um, and for the Pistons, where they are at, it's it, we're a little bit into Lions territory here. <laughs> not poor guys it's above lions territory but we're, we're getting dangerously close because it's like we're not necessarily looking for wins we're looking for we're looking for development and production of the young players now right kate cunningham had a pretty solid game he hit six three-pointers in the game had, had a career high 28 points and i believe he had seven or eight assists so he was a couple or no he had he had a double double i'm pretty sure he had a double double that was yeah. his fourth yeah so great to see i don't care i i don't care if it's against the worst team in the league and that, that's your career high 28 points i can't score 28 points in a nba game i can't do that i mean kate cunningham's the number one overall pick he should be doing that a lot more but progress mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. kate cunningham has showed the world or is showing the world now why he has the talent or had the talent to be the number one overall pick yeah. I've I've seen a lot of things on Evan Mobley, who the Pistons were at least connected with, and Evan Mobley has been a godsend to the the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, um, he has been a man amongst boys, and he was a man amongst boys in college. Um, so maybe some people are thinking buyer's remorse because the Pistons also need a center desperately, especially now. Um, but still, I think. When it's all said and done, we're going to be very happy that we took Cunningham. And, uh, again, no training camp and seeing that production. Yes, Noel. I have a little stat for you. Okay. Uh, this I is per Pistons PR. Okay. Kate Cunningham joins LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Julius Irving, Alvin Adams, and Ben Simmons as the only, only players in NBA history with at least 240 points, 100 rebounds, 75 assists, 20 steals, and 10 blocks through 17 career games. Is that good? Uh, you know, jury's still out, but I say that's pretty good company. Yeah. That is pretty good company to be in. Yeah. Maybe not Ben Simmons, but... Well, okay. Eh, eh, it's whatever. Um, stats like that make you not think about the loss that you just had to a team that was coming off of a 73-point loss. Um but on the flip side of that, you can't lose that game. You just can't, especially after leading that game for a pretty significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that. Now, the, I'm pretty sure, um, and I'll double check here, um, that the Oklahoma City Thunder got Josh Giddy and uh, what's his name? He has a super long name. Uh... Yeah, Shai uh, Gilgeus Alexander, he played, he had 30 points. That guy's a freak, absolute mm-hmm. freak. Um, but Cade Cunningham was right, was one bucket behind him. Um, so, but the fact that it was at home, too, is also concerning. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I can understand losing on the road, but 
uh, probably the worst loss of the year for Pistons. Um, you just you, you can't you can't be the first team to to, to lose. They broke a hundred points. They did break a hundred points. I will give them that. I will give them that. And the young guys are playing well, like we've always said. But still, we've Noel, we've said this for the entire time. The entire time. There's going to have to be a point where we say, okay, enough's enough. Young guys are playing well, but that needs to translate into um, some wins here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Grant had a down game for him, only 20 points. Um, But still, the only other player in double digits was Sadiq Bey. You need to get more production. So I get the only person, the only other player in double digits was Sadiq Bey, and they still broke 100 points, which is nice. Um, But. You gotta get more. You gotta get more out of your out of your bench. Uh, that's, yes, that's just plain and simple. Um, so, yeah, you can't lose. You can't lose by eleven when you were. It's one of the, it's like a it's a one step forward, two steps back situation. Yes, where there are moments of progress and moments of overt progress you know it's not just like Mm -hmm. underlying eye test like the stats are there yeah but we're also still losing games correct which is hard correct not fun not no not fun time at all but But, young team they'll grow together they'll be able to become cohesive i've been seeing a little bit of from killian hayes as well improving improving I don't want to say slowly, but steadily on his three-point mm-hmm. percentage. Um, yep. He's been able to boost his numbers a little bit. Um, and I think a lot of people are ready to write him off, but I think he's still a very important piece to this rebuild. I mean, it's ob- obviously he's a very important piece to this rebuild, but how far this team will go and how quickly they will go will depend on his development as well. Yeah. Um, because it's no secret that the kid has talent. Mm-hmm. Um he just needs he needs to really work on how to put it all together, and that's yeah. that's the difference between being a um, rotational guy in the NBA and then being a viable starter. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think it's fairly clear that on most nights he he may not be ready for that starting role, um, but with improvement, he could be relatively soon. That's all we can ask at this point. That's all we can ask. Um, but yes, so. <laughs> Two goods, two goods and a bad. Um, <laughs> two goods and a bad. Two goods and a bad, and then I guess uh, somewhere in the middle for our beloved baseball cats. Yes. Un- unless you had some final thoughts about the Pistons. No, I have no final thoughts on the Pistons. Okay. Um, would you just take a moment and just explain what a lockout is and what it means for the MLB? Sure. Okay, so the, a lot of tension has been going on since since COVID and this, uh, this 2021, uh, MLB season, uh, because in 2019, uh, I'm just going to give the backstory. MLB is in lockout. Um, their collective bargaining agreement between the owners and the players has expired. So they need to work a deal on a new one. And because they couldn't work a deal on a new one, uh, the owners locked out the players. So what that means, players aren't allowed to go to facilities. Uh, players aren't allowed to talk to, teams owners sign contracts or be traded um during this it's a dead period so work stoppage can't do anything blah 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 blah, all of this stuff and this is the first can they talk to each other players can talk to each other absolutely okay well that yeah. i don't know that no <laughs> asking no, questions I, jeez no, I, sorry i i 
that was that came off that came off you're fine wrong teasing. but um they just can't talk to anybody who is on payroll of mlb teams uh they can't talk to the management of teams so like okay front, off, front right. office brat like they can talk with their teammates i mean there's nothing that, that stops them from that sure um but they can't do team sponsored activities none of that stuff um right. team treatment can't do that which kind of sucks for them because there's some players rehabbing so they're gonna have to go do their own but also they're millionaires so they can figure it out um but Work stoppage, and this is all coming from a high of the 2019 MLB season. 2019 baseball season was one of the best as far as viewership goes and postseason revenue in recent memory. Then COVID happens, tons of lost revenue, and we had the precursor to the MLB lockout um, due to COVID. Um, And it's really sad because you could see that Games could be played. They could have played more than 60, and they just didn't because it was billionaires and millionaires squabbling over money. Mm-hmm. It's essentially what it came to. the regular person is essentially what it came down to. Um, super thankful we got the season. Helped helped me uh, personally just do something with my day. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Severely disappointed. So now we get to this. Now there's a lot of good things that these players are fighting for. Um, livable wage for minor league players. Um, which is a huge one. We saw is, that was exposed heavily, especially during COVID. Like, right. Yeah. Minor league players get diddly compared to really any other mm-hmm. any other league. It's the biggest lottery ticket. Um, yeah. But that's also like an interesting piece because technically minor league baseball players aren't locked out. So, hmm. um, and technically speaking, MLB doesn't have anything to do with minor league like housing or whatever. Um, but there's rules and, and players from the MLB Players Association are trying to get, trying to make some sort of deal that makes minor league life a little bit better, which the, I think they have a little bit. There's now every every MLB team is now required to pay for housing for players within this certain criteria. So like if you're a first round draft pick and you have a $6 million signing bonus, you don't get a free house. But if you're a 27th round player, you get a free house. Mm -hmm. So it's stuff like that. Um, But essentially what it's going to come down to is revenue sharing. How's that going to work? Some rule changes. Is there going to be universal DH because American league, national league, they have, different rules of how the game is played just just a lot of 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 that and the the commissioner of baseball essentially it, it's going to be a lot of finger pointing it's going to be a lot of well they're trying to do this the owners are trying to not have a a big piece of this the owners are trying not to have a salary floor so a minimum salary payroll that you can have mm-hmm. um so to keep teams for like the Orioles, uh, essentially almost the Rays, but they're successful in what they do, um, to keep teams from, there's, there's a couple of teams that have payrolls right now, less than Max Scherzer's current contract, which That's is crazy, which is absolutely mind boggling to hear, yeah. um, but that's what the players are trying to fight for. They're trying to say, Hey, we do 
lots of things. We think we should get some more money of this of this pie. It's it's bad for the game that three teams can have payrolls that are quadrupled the size of the lowest paid or the lowest payroll team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the owners are saying, well, that wouldn't make uh, the smaller markets competitive. Um, and it's just like, well, that's dumb, blah, 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 blah. But again, at the base level, it's billionaires and millionaires fighting over millions of dollars. Um, so how invested do you want to get into this this money fight is up to you. I just like hope... a real first world problem. Yes, it's a me. real first world problem. I just want to figure out how to get A, how to get baseball started on time, and B, how to prevent this lockout from happening again. Because baseball is a great sport. I really do wish people would watch it more because I, I don't think I've had more fun watching other teams in postseason hunts than this past season. I mean, the Mariners had no business doing what they were doing, and they were one game away um, from making the playoffs. Um, and that's cool to see because that's not necessarily a market that's supposed to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if more people were just able to see that, that would be a really cool opportunity and way to grow the game. What's not a cool opportunity and way to, to grow the game is if you don't have baseball. And right now... We don't have baseball. We don't have baseball. So players and owners need to figure this out because they are truly in danger of losing revenue based off of public interest. And Mm -hmm. the more you fight over millions of dollars, the more people are going to be sour to that. Um, You'll still have your diehards just like every league, but you got to grow the game because the NBA cracked the code. Talked about that essentially a year ago and the difference of how the NBA markets, Um, but could be in big danger of that. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a, important piece there was a juiced ball like controversy um in 2019 mlb made a special ball that made it go further when you hit it um so that was an explosion for home runs and all the players were like uh this ball is different and the mlb's like no it's not and then it was like yeah it's different so they go back to a dead ball in 2020 for the shortened season. Mm-hmm. And then in 2021, due to supply chain issues, quote unquote, they had half juice balls and half not juiced balls. And what they did is they sent the juiced balls to the big markets and high implication of playoff games. So like Field of Dreams, there was a ton of home runs. That game had juice balls. A September game between the Rangers and Seattle had dead balls. Good. So not only Good. does that affect... I wonder which of those is going to get on the highlight reel that's going to be playing on ESPN over well, that, and over and over again. Well, that's that's not even the thing. That's affecting player stats and yeah. ultimately affecting player contracts and then also affecting the playoff field. Mm-hmm. So we hear about, oh, the league is rigged. It's like, this came out and this was confirmed that this happened. You're yeah. going to sit here and tell me that didn't affect playoff races? That's bad. And and yeah. the MLB owners and Manfred are going to have to answer for that, which is only going to make the discussions even worse. Yeah. If my if the CEO of my company was explicitly showing favor to certain branches throughout the company and we found out that would the immediately lawsuits. Immediate yeah. lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Like in no other workplace is that just somebody kind of like eh a rich guy doing rich things no 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 there's account of there's 
most of the time there's accountability on other yeah. spaces. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Correct. Um, but that's kind of what's going on at MLB. Um, for the Tigers' perspective, um, made another signing. Um, mm-hmm. We have our shortstop of the future. Last episode, I was a bit angry um, about a certain Just somebody. Just a little bit. Just a bit. And... <laughs> On the I, other end of it, how are you feeling? I had to walk myself off the ledge a little bit. I was... Tiger signed Javier Baez, six-year deal, $175 million. They they stayed under their $200 million asking price, so... Or they stayed under their $300 million asking price, so congratulations. Under the guys, not guys, but under the, the statement of, if we sign somebody for less, we can use more with the money. Um, which... Fine. Go do that now. You can't right now, but when the CBA is open, go get another starter. Because that is what you need. Mm -hmm. You need another starting pitcher. So looking back at the contract, somebody did make the comparison to Carlos Guillen. Carlos Guillen, before 2000, was traded here, um, helped change the complexion of the of the Detroit Tigers. Pudge Rodriguez was the first major signing. 04. This is the year after they lost a record breaking hundred and so games. Um but a couple people made the comparison of Javier Baez to Carlos Guillen. I looked a little bit deeper into Javier Baez's stats. He's not Correa. He strikes out a ton still. Um but his defense isn't as atrocious as I was leading on, so I will have to apologize for that. Um, and the fact of the matter is, Javier Baez is far superior than any shortstop we have on this roster. So that's the good. Mm-hmm. Do I want the other guy? Yes. I would have absolutely wanted Correa. I would have absolutely wanted Seager and maybe even Marcus Simeon. Um, but he's 32 years old, and that would be for our window, per se may not be the best fit. But as a better player, Marcus Simeon is a better player. Um, listening to Javier Baez's uh, um, press conference, Miguel Cabrera was a huge piece of getting him over here. Says he wants to learn a lot about Cabrera from his approach. Um, Cabrera isn't the player that he was, obviously, but every single player that comes into Detroit, you or especially the uh, Hispanic American players, you hear them talk about how awesome Miguel Cabrera is. Mm-hmm. So as a young, impre- he's not young, he's young-ish. Um, as an impressionable hitter, one of his goals was saying, I want to learn from Miguel Cabrera and learn how to be a better hitter. What more could you want from that? Yeah, I think I think we'll have a lot of defensive lapses with Baez, but still, he's an, he is an exciting player. He is better than what we have at shortstop, and... It, he, the signing does make him better. However, I am not going to be a happy camper if we sign Baez and we do not sign somebody else. We just let go of Matthew Boyd. He was going to be hurt at the beginning of the year, but that's one starter. Spencer Turnbull is out for a significant period of time, if not all of next season, for Tommy John surgery. Um, you have Eduardo Rodriguez, but right now, as far as I see it, you have Eduardo Rodriguez... You have Matt Manning, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal. Tyler Alexander is your fifth starter right now. Mm-hmm. That's not going to – I mean, plain and simple, that's not going to push you in the playoffs. If, 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 
I like I love the Eduardo Rodriguez signing, and I think the Tucker Barnhart signing as well with pitch framing and him being a great defensive catcher is going to affect positively the starting pitching staff. Um, and then rest of the bullpen pieces, I don't think there's a whole lot of movement there. And the bullpen actually pitched pretty well all of last year um, with a few lapses here and there. Um, um, but you need another arm because somebody's going to get hurt. And if you're going into the season shorthanded, when you said we signed Baez, we signed Eduardo Rodriguez to not these monster deals to sign other players and fill needs in that way, and you don't do it and you stop here, that's not going to get it done. That's not going to be enough to push you over the over the hump. And these these claims of we're gonna we're gonna build the best team moving forward to be World Series contenders um, is a false claim. That essentially lied to us because, as far as I'm concerned, the American League Central got weaker. Mm. The only team that you know retooled or is the White Sox. The White Sox signed their players, or they haven't even signed their players. Uh, Carlos Rodon, who is one of their best starters, hasn't been signed yet. So the Tigers have made the most significant jump, but still they finished in second or third place with a losing record. You need to get another piece to actually push for this division. Because right now it seems like it's going to be a cakewalk for the White Sox. Not a cakewalk. That might be too harsh, but everybody would pick the White Sox to win this division if everything stayed the same. Sure. If you get another starter, there's at least a question. Uh, Detroit, Detroit's made some nice moves. They just they just bolstered their rotation. They got Javier Baez. Detroit could sneak up on a lot of people and make some noise. Mm -hmm. One more guy would put you in that conversation. One more starter would put you in that conversation. Is there somebody currently in the conversation that you're looking at? I would have to look. I really wanted Marcus Stroman. I really did. But he, he signed at the 11th hour with the Cubs. I think that's a good move. Uh, well, actually, I don't think that's a good move for him. I, I think it's a good move to sign him because I think he's a great player. But he's a he's a he's he's more of a contact ground ball pitcher, not much of a strikeout guy. And Wrigley Field is a sandbox. The ball flies out of that park. So I think he's going to struggle a little bit there. Mm. Um, but, I mean, hey, I, I, I wouldn't mind stealing Rodon from the Sox. I wouldn't mind that. I think that'd be kind of fun, um, depending on what the what the contract is. Um, I'd have to look at the at the starting pitchers still on the market, um, but they need one more. I don't I don't care who it is. It needs to be a bit of a difference maker, but they need one more because Alexander is a guy who you fill into the rotation when somebody gets hurt. He's not the guy that you start in your rotation. Right. Right. But other than that, um, I can't complain too much with a multi-year deal for a shortstop because Tigers needed a shortstop. They went out and got one. Maybe not the best, definitely not the worst. Mm -hmm. I guess that's all we can say about it because I have no that's thoughts. It. That's all we can say about it. I'm just, I just hope and pray baseball comes back again. Yeah. I was yeah. with, with, with all of the good things that have been happening with Michigan football and then the Red Wings and, and uh, you know, the Lions with their victory. <laughs> uh, I had a conversation today with somebody at the school. Um, or I think it was one of the kids. Uh, you know, oh, I've been waiting 15 years, but I think, I think I would get more emotional if the Tigers won because that was my first love. Yeah, well, so, of course. No, it was at it was at it was at the Pacers when I was working. It was like, yep, I I would 
I feel like I'm going to be at the top of the mountain when the Tigers win the World Series because that's that's the that's that's the thing that started all of this madness. Mm-hmm. Not not the Red Wings, not Michigan Wolverines, the Detroit Tigers mm-hmm. is what started it all. He so. says madness as he gestures to his room, which is currently full of sports paraphernalia. Yep, 100%. All righty. I think that is all for us. Did you have any last closing thoughts? Um, I, I guess we didn't talk about, we. I mean, we, we had our Spotify wrapped as a podcast, which is cool. Oh, I, yeah, I totally we did. I forgot about that. Um, so that was weirdly <laughs> emotional for me. I don't know why, but I was feeling very strange about it. I, I don't think I was as emotional for you, but I was like, oh, we, we, we're creators. We did, we, we do something yeah. on this, on this, yeah. on this interweb. So that's, that's cool to, yeah. to say. So I, I guess for the, I guess we actually figured out for the, for, for the 14 of you that listen <laughs> or however many, uh, you listen on thanks. Spotify. There's 14 yeah. of you on Spotify. Yeah, but thanks. Um, really cool. Um, it means a lot to here. us, especially yeah. since like this is our first year in. We're just two very very novice Michiganders who love love sports, love talking about it, love chatting to each other. Like it's it's wild that there are people that are listening to us. Yeah, I I don't know if you've ever seen it was a tweet or a sound or something that it was like 13 likes on a video isn't a lot. But can you imagine if 13 people came and like stood in front of you while you were doing your thing? And I was like, that's how that's how many people like we have listening to us. Can you imagine doing this to like a group of 20 people just live? Well, that I'm feels a weird. Pastor, so I have, all right, I shut have, up. I know. I, well, that's they're somewhat forced to go. And they're not really forced to go. But like, <laughs> when they're there, they have to listen to me. So right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, imagine if they chose to be there for you talking about sports for an hour. That, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be, uh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be a thing. Alrighty. Anyways, do you want to do outro, too? You did intro. Nope. All right, I'll do outro. All right. Thanks, everybody, for... <laughs> One at a time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you. Um, we hope you have a good holiday season as we walk into it. Um, we're still trying to figure out our schedules. Hopefully, we'll have have episodes up until the holiday we haven't talked about that yet we'll figure it out um like and subscribe and don't forget to share rate us five stars on all platforms um you can find us on twitter and on instagram at cnc sports pod we really appreciate you listening to all of us and we hope you have a great week go blue bye hey everybody this is noelle thank you so much for listening to this episode of the cnc replay please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.